Welcome to the People First Culture Podcast with me, Michelle Falcon, where I share lessons I've learned and those of others on how to build a more purposeful business and career. Hey everyone, welcome to the People First Culture Podcast. Uh, I'm thankful to have you listening. Uh, if you are a new listener, uh, welcome and thank you. Uh, if you have come back for your second, third, fourth, fifth, or however many episodes you've listened to, a uh, huge gracious thank you to you uh, and your time and your attention. Uh, my goal with this podcast is really singular in focus. I have done things in my career. What I'm going to talk to you about today is actually new. Uh, and I share lessons on what is working for me or what I'm currently learning, uh, what I'm currently deploying, and how it impacts businesses, both on the employee side of things and their performance, how you manage individuals, uh, customer experience, uh, leadership, so that you can grow a phenomenal business, regardless of your industry. I'm in restaurants. However, I have consulted for uh, many, many different industries, uh, all using the same practices and the same lessons that uh, I share with you on the podcast. This episode is on a topic that we all participate within, but I don't believe enough companies focus on refining and making better. I just spent close to two months evaluating how my company runs meetings. I knew I wanted to change it, but I didn't want to change it unless I had something that I thought would be better. What I share with you today, I believe is in fact better. And when were we ever taught how to run successful meetings? I did not finish business school, so I don't know if they teach it there. Let's assume that they do. How effective is what we have been taught? Uh, in practicality, in using it within businesses. Uh, I, I learned how to run meetings in about 2008. Uh, but of course, things change, things evolve. Uh, and sometimes we evolve before the change happens, and sometimes uh, we're laggards, and we don't evolve fast enough, and we just stick with the same system and process that actually doesn't serve the business. I read this quote in preparation for this podcast Large companies could save as much as $100 million a year by holding fewer unnecessary meetings and cutting down on their invite list. And this is according to a gentleman named Stephen Rogelberg, a UNC, I believe that's University of North Carolina, professor and expert on meeting strategy. Now, you might not run a large company, but uh, perhaps you run a small team or a small business. Uh, or a medium-sized business. Regardless of size, I'm sure you have meetings. Uh, and I'm quite confident that you could probably be running them more effectively. Uh, I know I recognize that. Uh, so that's why I set out to learn who runs great meetings or who can I learn from. And I didn't ask any other restaurateurs. I asked three people specifically, and they're all my friends. Reese Green, he is a partner in a consulting firm uh, that focuses on uh, people management uh, and company culture, uh, and the company's called Trailblaze Partners. Miles Farmer, he was actually my former partner in a restaurant venture uh, who runs uh, a wellness organization called Othership. 
And then there's Cameron Harold. Cameron Harold was the COO of 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Funny enough, his last day was actually my first day. And Cameron wrote a book uh, on this very topic. And the uh, the title of the book is very strong, and I actually I'm gonna li- uh, put a link uh, within the the notes to this podcast. If you're interested, go and buy it. Uh, Cameron is is extraordinarily sharp uh, and very experienced. And the title of the book is "Meeting Suck: Turning One of the Most Loathed Elements of Business." into one of the most valuable. So go over and check that. I'm actually looking at my bookcase right now and I'm looking at three copies uh, that I have on my bookcase. So I uh, read through the book again uh, in preparation for this podcast to share some things um, with you all. Some of the pain points in running an effective meeting is there are too many meetings and wasted time. We all can probably agree to that. There's this is uh, something that you'll probably see online or on social media, Twitter or, or wherever, where it says uh, this meeting could have been an email. And, and that's very true. <clears throat> However, uh, to the contrary, that email thread of 47 replies probably could have been a meeting. Meetings aren't effective when only a few people are talking. I will raise my hand and say, I need to get better at this. Something I learned earlier in my career no agenda, no attenda. If there's no agenda to the meeting, I'm not showing up. And that always stuck with me, not just because it was you know, fun to say, but it's true. I'm not going to go do something unless I know why I'm going to do it because our time is, is valuable. And, and that might seem, sound like a cliche, but it's true. Think of this, a 30-minute meeting. It's not just 30 minutes. You go from one activity to your meeting, and then that meeting's 30 minutes. How do you get back to that same activity or a new one? You don't go right into it instantaneously. It might take you another 30 minutes to go from that 30-minute meeting to actual productivity to get settled back in at your desk or wherever you may be working from. So that 30-minute meeting could actually be quite disruptive and be an hour of productivity or an hour and a half because you have to you know, start something, stop something, start something, stop something, and, and so forth. Pain points of meetings also includes no note taker or debrief notes. Uh, I am an advocate of having a note taker for debrief notes so that we can circle back uh, if we have to on what was said. Who will do what by when? That's something else I learned in meetings. So before you end your meeting or the discussion item, you ask who will do what by when, and that's the accountability measure of having a meeting. Jeff Bezos, um, some people like him, some people don't, uh, but nevertheless, I found something uh, that uh, was you know, kind of paradigm shifting for me in preparations for figuring out how to run better meetings. But he said many years ago, they banned PowerPoint presentations at Amazon. Uh, and the reason that they did that was because often the attendees would start asking questions when they're on page three of the slide or slide three of the presentation, when that question is going to be uh, answered or preemptively discussed in page or slide six, for example. So the audience has a habit of interrupting the presenter. So they banned PowerPoint presentations. So instead, to replace the PowerPoint presentations, 
they found a new way of holding meetings uh, and each attendee would just sit silently and read a six page uh, memo uh, for the first 30 minutes of the meetings. So picture you have your round table of people in the meeting. There's this memo and you read it carefully by yourself. Uh, I'm sure people are jotting down notes or questions that they might have about the memo. And then once everybody's done reading it, they discuss what's within the memo. I found that to be in theory more effective than listening to somebody talk. Uh, meetings are too expensive when you have six, seven, nine people or however many uh, attending uh, the meeting to listen to somebody just present something. You could should be able to send a presentation deck ahead of time, say, read this, come prepared with your questions. Uh, Shopify uh, recently, I think in the last three months, uh, canceled most of their meetings. Uh, I don't believe having no meetings or saying declining meetings is the right thing to do um, fully. Uh, I'm not trying to say Shopify doesn't know what they're, they're doing because they're obviously a very impressive and innovative company. It's just not for me. Um, I think we need to cancel bad meetings, but say yes to good ones. Now define good. Uh, I am not going to claim to know exactly what a good or great meeting is on this podcast, I'm going to share what what we do um, as a team at Brass Approving Kitchen. And keep in mind, too, that there is no one-size-fits-all. Uh, you may have a different structure because you're virtually set up uh, versus in person. So uh, with that all being said, uh, let me introduce you to what we've got going on at Brass Approving Kitchen. And again, this took me about two months of... Um, of work to just see what other people were doing. What did I like? What could I extract? What I didn't like, but most importantly, like what I felt would be the best for our team. We don't know yet. What I've said to my team is we're going to launch this daily, weekly, monthly, and quarterly framework. And we're going to just monitor it for 60 days. We're not going to make any changes. Please do not arrive at any opinions right away. Um, it's going to be different. And, Settling in with change can be challenging for some people. So here's the daily. Um, the daily meeting is Monday to Friday from 8.45 a.m. to 9 a.m. We all dial into a line. You've got your head of marketing, your head of operations, two uh, additional operations people. Uh, we've got our finance person, me, and our head of people and culture. So you've got seven people dialing into this call. Uh, and we only have 40, uh, 15 minutes. So each person will have two minutes each maximum and it will be timed. Uh, so at nine o'clock, we're off the call. Uh, each attendee, um, has to speak to one of these discussion items, share a piece of good news or what one thing, uh, could you do today to make your day impactful? That's it, right? So a good news piece could say, uh, our head of finance could say, hey, everybody, uh, I've got good news. I'm going to be sending the P&Ls to you all at 2 p.m. today. You all are going to be happy and proud. Awesome. What an awesome way to start the day. Um, we're looking forward to that P&L landing in our inbox at 2 p.m. Um, or what one day, um, what one thing uh, could make today impactful. Our director of operations uh, could say, I'm meeting with our uh produce supplier today and we're going to be asking for a 10% discount because we've been with them for X amount of years or we're purchasing a Y amount per per week. Uh, and if we get that discount, 
we're all going to be very happy. So it's just a touch base, you know, quick 15 minutes, you dial in. And this works for us because we have people that are remote. Some of our operations people are, are quote unquote in the field. So that's daily, very impactful. Uh, weekly is actually Tuesday from 5 p.m. to 6.30. I don't think we need an hour and a half, but I've allocated that uh, time because just to have you know, period of time allocated to it, I think we'll probably get done after 60 minutes. But it's this same group of people that I just mentioned. Um, this one framework was built uh, largely off of what uh, Miles Farmer uh, had shared with me. Uh, I, I, I believe I like what they're doing. And of course, in you know, I don't want to say I love what they're doing because I haven't tried it myself. I might hate it or I might really like it. Or I may say, I like elements to it. I'm going to change it. This is the, the best thing about um, being within a business of any size, really. Probably gets a little harder as you get bigger. But, you know, do something, you know. And if you have to undo it a little bit, so be it, right? Don't be so fixated on deploying a system that you think can't be undone, especially if you're doing it just within your own department. So before Tuesday at 5 p.m., what has to happen is each single point of accountability, so or an SPA, so Jay is our head of marketing. He's our SPA for marketing. He's going to record a loom that is no longer than five minutes long sharing the KPI results from the week before. Now, Loom is, uh, if you're not familiar, it's just a recording software uh, to film um, videos and you can download them to wherever you want. So in this case, picture Jay records his Loom, he talks about his KPIs, like website traffic for last week was X, our con website conversion was Y and that, 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 so forth. He records that uh, Loom, saves it, uploads it to a dedicated Google Drive. And he has to do that by 12 p.m. on Tuesday. Tuesday at 5 p.m. is our meeting. So we as attendees must watch those videos before 3 p.m. on Tuesday. And if we have questions as we're watching the individual looms from each single point of accountability, so there's a marketing one and operations, finance, and people. So there's four looms to watch. And we must do that by 3 p.m. If we have any questions for the single point of accountability, we go to a dedicated Slack channel and say, question regarding marketing, why did this happen? Or whatever the case might be. Um, and then we put it in that dedicated Slack channel. The meeting host is responsible for gathering all of the questions from Slack and arriving at 5 p.m. with all of them bundled together. The meeting host kicks off the meeting. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Thank you for being on time. Uh, being on time for meetings is a different podcast episode. Uh, if you've ever worked with me, you know how much it bothers me when somebody, when people, uh, arrive late. But the meeting host starts off, welcomes everybody and then says, uh, Vanessa, you had a question for Jay. Your question was X. Jay, can you speak to that? So Jay fields all the marketing related questions first, and then the operations SPA uh, fields any questions that they might have and, and so forth. Uh, there, uh, I believe that's going to be more impactful than just listening to people talk about their numbers. Just give it to me uh, beforehand, put in a five minute video, and I will... Um, watch it. Now the loom, it's important that you do share screen, um, 
share your screen while you're presenting uh, so that we can actually see the data visually and uh, listen to it um, in an auditory fashion. Uh, people learn in different ways. Um, and one of the good things about Loom that Miles told me is that his team members can watch it at 1.5 speed. So that five minute video could actually be, uh, you know, three minutes, let's say. After we've gone through the Q&A part, uh, we go, let's just assume the Q&A part's like 30 minutes. Um, then we go into round table. Um, and each person asks, um, is asked one question and they're all asked the same question. What's one thing your department will do this week to continue success or course correct? What's one thing you're honing in on right now to improve? And everybody comes with that one thing and bump, 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 bump. Um, you know, that could take an additional 15 minutes. So in fact, like this meeting actually might only be 45 minutes, but what have we done by consolidating it all? Not only do I think it will stop other meetings from having to happen because we're all talking about our data points, um, at one meeting on a Tuesday at the big, somewhat at the beginning, at the beginning of the week. Um, I also, it's valuable for our operations team, our finance people and our people department to listen to what marketing's doing. And it's valuable for marketing to listen to what our people department are doing. That way I think it's just, we're gonna communicate better. So that is our weekly meeting. Um, each uh, department has their set of KPIs that they have to come and present, uh, which I've outlined uh, because these are the certain KPIs that I wanna see for the company, but also I wanna be kept up to date um, with on a weekly basis as the founder and CEO of the company. From there, we have our weekly one-on-ones. So Jay, our marketing person, reports into me. I can't just attend a meeting with others, with his peers, um, and when am I going to give him feedback on how he's performing? So him and I are going to have a 30-minute meeting outside of this meeting sometime in the, during the week. But that 30-minute meeting isn't metrics-driven because we've already talked about the metrics with the others. So this one is um, going to be kind of relationship-based, and we'll have feedback shadowing. So he's going to give me feedback on how I'm leading and I'm going to give him feedback on how he's performing and showing up for the company. It's more free flowing without an agenda per se. Um, and I like that because like, imagine if I, um, went into, uh, my relationship with my fiance and I came with KPIs. Hey, by the way, you showed up seven minutes late uh, for our coffee dates. You know, you know, like I, that would just be so bizarre, right? Like we get together and, and we, we do it to, you know, have uh, a relationship that's based on something that isn't metrics driven. So, uh, I, I like, I, I believe I'm going to like this, but you never know, you know, you got to try something. Uh, but I know myself and I know the company and, and I know my team. Um, I think this is going to be valuable for us. And guess what? If it doesn't, we'll iterate. The monthly meeting is in person, non-negotiable, and it's an exhaustive review of our P&L. Uh, I don't believe there might be some other discussion items that come from the P&L, but we're going there. P&Ls are printed out. I want a pen in my hand or a highlighter and I want to be able to look at it. So this is where we're going to borrow something like um, from Amazon, where we'll come, we'll sit down, we'll have P&Ls in our hand and everybody's quiet and reviewing it together. Then we will discuss what have we observed. 
I believe that monthly meeting will be an hour. And then our quarterly meetings are in person, offsite, and it's a full day planning session to review the last quarter and plan for the upcoming quarter and what type of, what's our strategic plan going to look like? What are we going to try to accomplish? How are we going to move the needle? And I'm excited for that one because that will be uh, inclusive of having some team building programs implemented within it. It could be as simple as, okay, we're having a full day meeting and then we're going to go for dinner or we're going to have a full day meeting and go for wine tasting or whatever the case might be. And uh, do not, my big recommendation is your month, your quarterly meeting should not be in your place of work. Uh, I was taught early in my career that uh, when it comes to quarterly meetings, you're obviously trying to solve something big, right? Over a, uh, a decent period of time. Do not try to solve problems in the same environment of where they are created. I hope I can say that again, word for word. Do not try to solve problems in the same environment and where they're created. For me, I, I don't know if you're anything like me, but I need to have my meetings where critical thinking needs to happen in a place where there's a lot of natural light and high ceilings. I need, I, maybe because I'm slightly claustrophobic too. Uh, I don't feel creative when I'm in a place with poor lighting, uh, and low ceilings. Um, I want to be able to be somewhere where I feel good. Um, and you know, natural light will do that to me. And, and I'm sure uh, it, it could impact you and your creative thinking as well. Uh, that's how I'm going to be running my meetings. Um, I will come back to you all in 60 days and give you an update in how it's working and how I may have changed it. Um, so let me know. Reach out to me. I'm Michelle Falcon absolutely everywhere. Uh, so whether it's on LinkedIn or Instagram, tell me something about your meetings uh, and what lessons you have found um, that have helped you run better meetings and what type of impact has it had for your team. Uh, and, and because of that, the business. So thank you all so much. Uh, I really appreciate you even listening to one minute of this podcast. Uh, if you know somebody that you think would enjoy listening to this. Um, there's probably something on your phone right now or wherever you're listening to this to be able to share with them to their email, um, through text or whatever. So um, thank you. Uh, and I will see you on the next episode.